Thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Ridge Community Church Podcast. If you find today's episode hopeful and helpful, then please follow or subscribe, and then rate and review so that more people can find the conversation. In today's episode, I want to share a conversation that I had with the Ridge Group's director, Joe McFadden. Over the last six months or so, we've walked through the first of the four stages that someone goes through on their way to make a decision to follow Jesus. Our goal has been to give you some helpful tools to be able to help your one, that person in your life that you are investing in to help them find Jesus. In this conversation, we talk about how to help walk someone through making a decision to follow Jesus, how to know if they're ready to make that decision, how to not be pushy, but still take action, and a lot more. This is my conversation with Joe. Well, hi, Joe. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, John. So, so every time you and I have on a podcast together, inevitably you mention groups, right? Which I mean, makes sense, right? Because you spent so much time thinking about that. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a chance to start off there. Okay. (laughs) What's your, uh, what's maybe your favorite part about being in a small group? Yeah. My favorite part about being in a small group is probably like the insights and perspectives that other people bring. Um, you get to see just you know different thoughts and kind of where based on where people may be in their journey of finding and following Jesus and just get to hear other perspectives, maybe think about something a little bit differently uh, or spur a new thought or line of thought about something that you hadn't really considered yet before, whether it's a perspective on life or a perspective on something that you're reading in the Bible or thinking through or questions that you've had about faith and the insights and perspectives of others is just so valuable. And one of the things that I love the most, um, I don't know, I'd say secondly is probably just also seeing God at work in the lives of people. Like over time, once when you're connected in a group of people, you begin to see how God just grows people and his work in their life a little bit more clearly because you you know you have this ongoing kind of encounter with these same people and you're able to see what where god's at work in different ways which which is so cool yeah it's kind of it's it really is cool to see people like their confidence or their trust grow through Mm -hmm. time you know um especially like someone maybe even if it's something as simple as somebody being you know nervous to talk about a certain question to all of a sudden maybe you have a new group member and then they're the one explaining like oh here's how i found this and you're like whoa look at that change that's so cool (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think people are rarely aware of just what that looks like in their own life as well so to to see that in the perspective of others you know it's so cool yeah kind of like a haircut where you can't notice it's growing until you look back at an old picture yes (laughs) yeah yeah well, uh, as much as I'm sure everybody wants to hear us talk about haircuts, uh, <laughs> well, why don't we transition to our main topic today, which um, over the last six months or so, we've been diving into the five stages or thresholds, kind of depending on what term you like to use, that someone goes through as they kind of finally become like a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we got it from a book uh, called I Once Was Lost um by don everts and doug shop which we can link that in the show notes if anybody wants to read that i'd highly encourage that um and we've gone through the first four 
And so I asked Joe to join us about talking about the the last stage, which they call entering the kingdom in the book. But I think, you know, we'd probably just say making a decision to follow Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so why don't we start out with a little bit of a foundation, Joe? Yeah. How how do you know if someone's ready to make that decision? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, maybe they began seeking after God. So definitely, you know, that which is kind of threshold for um, they're leaning in, they're asking questions. They may even have some urgency to their questions. Uh, they're at a place where some of those questions are getting answered. Uh, and this is generally kind of some of the things that you're looking for. You don't want to wait till all of their questions are answered um, because seeking after God has a season for many of it. And for many people, and it's sometimes often a really short season. So it requires us to pay attention to our one's posture, their curiosity in Jesus and interest in him and look for where God is at work there. A great question that I like to ask is like, hey, if you could ask Jesus any question right now, what would it be? Or how is your view of Jesus changing? Uh, so someone approaching this fifth threshold has probably taken a step or a few steps forward. Maybe they joined you for an alpha course, um, or maybe they joined your Ridge group to learn more, or came and checked out some services with you at one of our campuses or online uh, to learn about the hope that Jesus offers. Or maybe you began to show them some things from the Bible, what Jesus says, and they're beginning to see their need for Jesus. And that's important. So throughout the journey towards faith, it's helpful for us to model and openly talk about our own need for Jesus to kind of point them toward it because I really it's tough to make a decision to follow Jesus until you begin to internalize that need for him uh, those are some things that that I would look for I think you bring up a really good point where you're talking about how well, one you know this person mm -hmm. right you spend a lot of time investing in them um and I think it's easy to have this mindset of like people exist in two places, either they're not a follower of Jesus or they are. And we know it's a scale, right? And so we are assuming at this point, you're looking for somebody who's much further along in that scale, right? To have this kind of have these conversations. And I, I love that you bring up that question. Can you say it again? The question of, would you ask Jesus? Yeah. If you could ask Jesus one question, what would it be? Or so yeah. when somebody responds, like, is there like with some as somebody's answering that question how do you how would you know the difference between okay this person is this person needs to be like maybe challenged a little bit versus you're like okay they're they're still maybe earlier on in their faith journey yeah um and one thing is you know i want to point out a difference between like a threshold two and threshold four um so threshold two is the curiosity whereas a threshold four is seeking um, once when someone's seeking, there's a little bit more urgency to their questions. Uh, mm -hmm. So they need to know because there's a personal implication to it. So the mm -hmm. questions that they're asking are going to be more personal, less generalized. Um, the threshold two is going to be more generalized. It's more about worldview. And threshold four, they begin to internalize and personalize it and look at the cost of really following Jesus and the implications for their own life. And so the questions, you know, so just asking that question is going to be huge. Of, hey, if you could ask Jesus one question, because if it's personal in nature, you know, they're, they are wrestling through a personal decision mm -hmm. and that which indicates they are at that threshold four and not just looking at the worldview component of it. That's really interesting. I, I don't think I've heard it described that way. I like the I like the separator there. The like, hey, 
almost talking about other people versus talking about themselves and that like is this general concept true versus how does this truth about jesus forgiveness or the hope that he brings how does it affect me personally right yeah that's a that's a main differentiator that yeah that's really helpful that you'll be begin to see when you ask that question of people well and um you had a sec you had a second question what was that yeah, the second question is, how is your view of Jesus changing? Because um, that could be insightful. If they've been really seeking after Jesus, their view should begin to change uh, somewhat. You know, maybe they're not fully there yet. Right. Um, you know, they they could make a statement like, he, he seems really interesting, or there's there's a lot that there's a lot that I like. Um, so they're, they're beginning to lean in more. You, you'll notice that in some of the statement, if they make a, a statement by asking, this, these are diagnostic statements or questions that you can ask to just kind of determine, not necessarily, you know, to uh, push them forward as much as right. determine where they're at simply and like, hey, are, are they here or are they here? Um, so by asking that question, how is your view of change, uh, Jesus changing? You begin to see just kind of exactly where they are and the thresholds and uh, if they might be closer to that line of faith, especially as their view of G- Jesus changes and it becomes more personal and it becomes more of, okay, they are, they are looking at this as uh, an example to follow. They're looking at Jesus that way. I really like the idea of of figuring out where they're at, and once again, not through like a they're a project type of mindset, but that's like a how best can I help help them? You know, how best can I serve and help them on their journey? Um, versus how can I give them what I think they need? Right? Yeah. But that exactly. but that does bring up a good like a, a thought for me. Um, I think that I think you kind of people sit on two sides of this spectrum. One where they're like they constantly want to, you know, ask the question and try to get them to make a decision. And the other side being like really tentative and nervous about being pushy or um heavy-handed, whatever that phrasing or that right phrasing is. Mm-hmm. So how do you determine that? balance between you you want to be challenging because they're in the, they're in this place where they can be challenged and probably should be but not being pushy yeah and that's you know this someone in this threshold um you don't want to be like you said you don't want to be pushy uh but i like to use the phrase appropriately urgent um because someone that's seeking they're only going to be seeking for so long and uh, if they if they are seeking and just watching from you know to see hey who's who's Jesus what is he about is this a step you know do I want to take a step forward in trusting Jesus um, there's only there's a season for that and so you want to be somewhat appropriately urgent and what that could look like is uh, just really walking alongside of them looking for God's work there and maybe asking some questions I like to use uh, some different open-ended questions that could be helpful. Like, hey, you seem pretty in- interested in Jesus. Can we meet for coffee sometime and, you know, just get, have a little bit more of a conversation around him? Or hey, I'd love to tell you about how I started my journey as a follower of Jesus and see if there's any questions that you might have. Um, or, hey, is there anything standing in the way of you uh, following Jesus today? Could be another question, um, especially if they're really close to that line of faith. Um, or just simply, hey, 
would you like to make a decision apologies yeah <laughs> a little bit yeah. more direct way yeah. of doing that um but you want some urgency to it because what will happen and i i see this sometimes we like to be too low pressure and you know it's really thresholds two and three where it's you know that's where you want to have the truly open-ended pressure-free process it is in that threshold two and three where someone is curious where someone is wrestling through whether they're open to change uh, but in threshold five that's not helpful in threshold five you need to be appropriately urgent and direct um, because they they're at the point where they're, they're seeking they have some answers to their questions and now they need to be invited and welcomed. And if they don't mm -hmm. feel invited and welcomed, uh, they they will often check out of the process and be like, okay, yeah, I, I checked out this Jesus thing, but I didn't feel like it was for me. I didn't feel welcomed, or you know, it, there'll there'll be something that that could be a barrier there. Um, so being direct with an invitation and welcoming them into the process is uh, appropriately urgent there. I like I like two two parts of what you're saying there. Uh, one, I really like the word invite because uh, I like to think of it if, almost like you're thinking of like a party, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like if somebody knows you have a party going on, right? It like this kind of like nonchalant, no pressure concept is like this idea that hey, you know there's a party, so come if you want to. Well, that, that, that doesn't help me, right? You know, it's like not until you're invited to actually go to their house <laughs> that you don't feel like you're welcome into that uh, into that party. Um, but two, I really like the, the concept you bring up about like inviting them to inviting them to have a discussion because it almost says, "Hey, if you're open to it, I'd like you to. I want to discuss this further because then they can opt out or in in terms of like, oh, if I opt into that conversation." I know we're going to be talking about some faith things and I know where this person stands. So I'm okay with that type of conversation. It's almost, it's almost as if they're self-identifying as um, I am in threshold for trying to figure out if I want to make a decision or not. Um, if there's an example from the Bible that I could share, if we have yeah, go for it. time for it. And yeah, yeah, we 19. do. Of course okay. we do. All right. We'll make time for that, Joe. <laughs> All right. Luke 19, um, verses 1 through 10. So it's a fairly short passage of scripture here. Luke records this encounter between Zacchaeus and Jesus. And, you know, I, I love this as uh, that Luke has recorded this for us, that we have this example of Jesus doing this and what it looks like. Um, if it's okay, I, I can read through this for the sake of everyone. And then you, uh, you just hit on my very favorite story in the whole Bible. So okay. yes, you definitely can read that. <laughs> All right. So yeah, in Luke 19, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But that Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possession to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. 
for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And there's a lot of different things that I could point out in this encounter with Zacchaeus. Um, <laughs> but a couple of things related to the conversation that we're having right now is in this encounter with Zacchaeus, Luke records that we, we get an example of how simple and quickly the process can move from when someone is seeking God to ready to make a decision. You can see in Zacchaeus' actions that he, he's curious about Jesus. He makes an intentional effort to seek him out and hear from him. I mean, he's climbing a sycamore tree. He's leaning in. He's wanting to see him. But we also see Jesus's response to acknowledge Zacchaeus, his presence, and he invites him to take a step forward to having a conversation with him at his house. So Jesus didn't like just pass by him or simply look at him and think, hey, that's cool. Zacchaeus is open to learning. Jesus makes an intentional <laughs> effort to have a conversation with him. He was appropriately urgent. I think that I think that gives us a good example of hey, what does that look like? Like sometimes, you know, people are on the sidelines or they're leaning in and like, oh, that, that's really cool that they're leaning in. We maybe leave them there too long rather than inviting and welcoming uh, once when once when they're they're ready to kind of make that decision. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about this is that this wasn't uh, to use the story of Zacchaeus more. This wasn't at the temple. This right. wasn't during a scripture reading or anything like that so um i mean obviously our modern day like an uh, comparison to that is church right it wasn't that zacchaeus needed this church service where somebody invited them to follow god right yeah. um i think that can be our kind of fallback option is oh i know if i bring them to church enough then eventually the pastor is going to give this message about accepting jesus um which is fair that's probably true that can happen but you could be missing out on something really cool about being about letting God use you to help them make that decision. And they might not have that opportunity or use that opportunity in a service. Um, so with that idea in mind, how do you go about mm -hmm. actually helping them make that decision? Cause I think both you and I know there is not like this magic formula that you wave your hand and all of a sudden you say these words and, um, now all of a sudden you're a follower of Jesus, but there is there. It's helpful to have a clear moment or chance to make that decision. So, how do you walk them through that? Yeah, and I, you know, I do think a clear uh, line decision point is helpful for people in following yeah. Jesus. Otherwise, they're they're just kind of meandering, wondering if they're am I in, am I not in? And you don't want to just let people kind of meander. That's why this threshold is so important because you want to be intentional and urgent with it and really make an invitation and welcome within that and have a point in time that they can look back on in their life of where they made that decision of where yeah. that line was. And, and that's so, that's so important. I know it's been important for me. It's been important for uh, everyone that I know that follows Jesus and it'll be important for your friends and your ones as well. So I like to start off by inviting them. It's simply a question like, hey, would you like to make a decision about following Jesus today? Um, and then depending on how much uh, how much of a base has been established for them to see their need for Jesus in the hopes that, that he brings them, I want to make sure that they have enough understanding of that. Um, you know, that's something that I mentioned that I try to kind of walk through on a repeated basis as I journey 
along, you know, with my ones and my friends, but you know, something like I want to make sure they have a concept that the world is broken and not just that the world is broken, but that they themselves are broken. And we call that sin and how Jesus's life, death and resurrection pays the penalty for our sin and how his life, death and resurrection has restored our relationship with God and the new life that that brings for us. And so once when I just simply kind of walk through in, in some way, you know, a framework for that, of uh, helping them see their need for Jesus and the new life that he brings, then I like to just simply mark the moment by a simple prayer, often asking them to repeat after me. Um, the words of that prayer, you could have it just be from your heart um, or, you know, if there's something that, that you want to memorize or whatever that, that's helpful for that time, it could be helpful for you to practice this with another follower of Jesus to mm. just to feel comfortable doing it, whatever. But it, it's a pretty simple and natural process. So it just acknowledges that, Hey, you know, there's things in my life that I've done wrong, asking God to forgive you, um, acknowledging that you're willing to turn away from that, acknowledging uh, Jesus's death and uh, you know, how that set you free and how you're forgiven. Um, and then, you know, acknowledging that that you're ready to follow him. And it's just as simple as that. Uh, prayer that kind of marks those things can be really helpful in uh, helping someone understand the decision that they are making. Hmm. Yeah, I think, man, the, it can be, it can feel intimidating. Like you mentioned, like these kind of uh, multiple things that you want them to know, like these concepts they want to, to grasp. Um, it's and it's growing up in in church like there's so many different like little tricks people have right where it's like i remember we did this uh this mega sports camp thing where there was like this the uh, hand out these little like uh soft like throwable balls and mm -hmm. they had different colors on them to like mark the different stages of the like kind of like essentially the gospel right yeah. um i wonder too if you know, having your four or five points that you really want to hit on and saying, and look, almost like asking him a question about this, like, Hey, what do you believe about like the brokenness of the world? Or mm -hmm. what do you like? Cause you know, they've probably, ha they've talked you, had to have talked about sin at some point, right? If they've been going, asking questions about Jesus, I wonder if you can have a conversation on each of those points. And as they like, Hey, well, here's how I do this. And if, if all these things kind of line up, I think you're ready to make this decision. And, um, I think I I think what you what what you're outlining, Joe, is really important because it changes from like the it helps them have an accurate view of making that decision, right? It's not this like he's mm -hmm. bad mental ascent, or it's not this um, like it's a big thing, yeah. you know. And you you want them to have at least some enough foundation to have a real view of the decision that they're making. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I personally have experienced a moment where like, Hey, I've walked someone through that and they've prayed and amazing. And then I have no idea what to do next <laughs> because I'm like, okay, there's this like deeply like powerful moment that I just had with this person. And mm -hmm. um, I'm like, like, what do I say? What do I do? How do I celebrate with them? How do I, how do I acknowledge this moment? So say you have that moment with somebody, mm -hmm. how do you respond in a way that's like, doesn't feel awkward maybe is a good way to say it yeah and that's i mean obviously you want to be excited for them like yeah. you know and uh so that's 
something that, that I would do is just, you know, demonstrate my excitement for them. And like, hey, it is so cool that you made, you know, that you made this decision, follow Jesus and just acknowledging the the step that they took, I think is, is enough of a, um, something to talk about. And, you know, a lot of times people will mark that moment by baptism. Um, so it could be something, you know, that, that you talk about or point them toward as a part of the celebration of celebrating the decision that they just made. Um, Cause that's really what baptism is a celebration of the decision that someone has made to follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, so that, that could be, you know, something that, that you do is invite your, your friend, your one to, you know, make the decision to get baptized then and to publicly declare that and uh, show that to other people. But I, the initial response that I would make is just like, dude, I'm so excited for you. This yeah. is it's awesome <laughs> that you've made decisions. And I'm, I'm so excited that, you know, we get to spend the eternity, you know, together in, in heaven and just acknowledging that. So Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the celebration. I think that's so good. That's so key. Um, cause you don't want it. It can easily feel like a, um, I don't know. You just want to, you want to react appropriately. And we know that like biblically Jesus says there's celebration when somebody turns and there is rejoicing. You know I mean? You look at, uh, Luke 15, the, the parable mm-hmm. of the, the prodigal son. And it's like, Oh, there's a, there's a party going on. <laughs> um, and I think we want to reflect that well. Um, yeah. So I think we cover, I mean, we covered a lot of stuff, but yeah. is, is, you think there's misconceptions people have about, about this, about helping somebody make a decision to follow Jesus? Yeah, I definitely think there are some misconceptions. I think we talked about just a few along the way, but um, I want to highlight probably a few of these misconceptions. And one is just, you know, you know, the laid back approach. If you're, if you're too laid back in the process and, expect your friend you're one to meander their way just kind of toward that decision that that's probably not going to happen an invitation mm-hmm. is needed a welcome of some type is needed so they they need someone like you to walk alongside of them and, and really prompt that and really set that up and i think another misconception that people have is just about how awkward it could be um mm-hmm. this is a relational process and you're just you know especially as you're walking alongside your friend you're one like this is a relational process and you're looking for where God's at work. You're partnering with God in this process. It's not about an agenda. It's not about treating people as projects, but uh, really inviting people in once when they're, once when they're ready for that invitation and partnering with God and his work there. Um, I think we can overcomplicate by just, you know, how, what that moment looks like. Uh, I think that's another misconception that some people have is like, all right, I need a certain diagram or I need a certain framework or whatever in order to do this. Mm. And that's really just a conversation and marked by a moment of prayer. You know, definite decision time is needed, but um, something that is marked by just conversation and relationship is much more kind of meaningful and fitting the, the relationship that you have with the person. I don't know. Those are a few of the misconceptions that come to mind for me. I don't, any, any that you thought of? Yeah. You know, I think the big one is probably the, the idea that you need to be a certain place in your faith journey mm-hmm. in order to help them through that. When the reality is like, if you have made a decision yourself, you are qualified to help somebody else through that decision because you've done that. <laughs> uh, in fact, are, are called to by, by God to help people do that. And so, um, 
I think it's it's kind of like the glow, the kind of classic like oh that's for that's for pastors to do that's for people who work for a church to do and it's like you know, if, if if you made a decision you know what got you to that point um and helping somebody do that as well like you can do that um i think that'd be my encouragement and like that's the misconception that's really mm. like in front is that that's for somebody else to do um when really like you're you're missing out uh I do think it's funny you bring up the the awkward thing because I it, it you do feel like you're putting yourself out there because it's like there's like a there's a um not an awkwardness but it's almost like gosh it's such a terrible analogy but I'm gonna use it anyway it's almost like you're asking a girl on a date um where you're like you're putting yourself out there a little bit and you're like you're hoping you don't get rejected uh but um at the end it was worth it right <laughs> um and uh i would say that's true about helping someone make really the biggest decision they can make yeah yeah and i think that's for some people why it's awkward because it is a big decision and you don't want that to fall flat um or miss the timing that god has and that there's and there's two extremes there one is waiting too long the other extreme is jumping the gun before someone is ready Um, Mm -hmm. so it really takes that partnering with God in the process because you don't want to wait too long and miss the opportunity. Um, and you don't want to ask at the wrong time either when they're just not ready. That's why stuff that we've been talking through and the framework that we've given people will hopefully give you enough tools and uh, things to look for, to, for you to know that, hey, and be confident that, you're, that your one is there and that they're ready. Hey, if I can, if I can steal you for one more question, it just popped yeah. in my mind as you were talking. Uh, what do you, ooh, I hate to end it on this note, but I think it's valuable. What do you do if somebody says no? What do you do if someone's like, and hey, now I don't really want to make that decision right now. Like, um, you obviously, you don't want to like give up on them and that, right. you know what I mean? You want to help them. And so like, is there a, uh, there's two sides of that. There's one that's like, maybe they just need a little bit more encouragement before they get there. Mm-hmm. And two, it's like, oh, they might need a lot more encouragement. Um, yeah. so how, like, what do, how do you respond if somebody says, no, I don't really want to make that decision. Yeah, I mean, first I would acknowledge it. I'm like, hey, I, I totally understand. This is a big decision to make. If you're if you're not ready to make this decision, that's that's okay. Um, I'm I'm here. And I'm gonna be. You know, I'm I'm here for any questions that you have. Um, depending on the relationship and kind of how that conversation goes of them saying that they're not ready, I could you know just hey, out of curiosity, what what is keeping you from making that decision today? Hmm. Um, you know, something like that to, to try to see hey, what, what is the barrier there? Um, it, at least for my own knowledge to be aware of, of what yeah. that, what that barrier could be. And they may not even be aware of what that barrier is. Um, I remember having a conversation with people that, that were, you know, at this place and that they just needed something a little bit more, you know, uh, mm-hmm. almost whether it be a sign from God or something that a little bit more concrete, um, and like, okay, that, yeah totally understand and you know that's just kind of what they're what they're looking for so for each person it's kind of different on that that thing that helps them cross or be ready to be open to that line of faith Mm. yeah i think it i mean in my experience just building what you're saying like it's with a with a no sometimes it's oh i need this piece of information that i still haven't quite read read my mind around um or two like you said like maybe there is this like 
you know, there's this fear of there might, there's a, maybe a fear there as well. And I think I really love that you said like acknowledging that, Hey, it's okay. You know, like this doesn't affect our relationship. This doesn't affect how I view you. Um, you didn't just break something about our friendship, (laughs) you know, it's like, Hey, I'm still, I'm still here with you. And, um, you know, which we're just still going along. So yeah otherwise you are treating people as projects if you just simply abandon them and you know after, after <laughs> that, it's like no nope, that's that is okay not, bye yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> part of part of the relationship so yeah continuing to invest and even if they do make the decision to follow jesus that doesn't mean you're done either um mm. there's still more you want to help them guide them into the decision that they just make and taking some of those first steps and uh, then continued steps beyond that so either way you're still walking alongside of them whether they say yes whether they say no you're still walking alongside of them because they're still your friend that you're still invested in mm. I think you've been, you just hit on another possible podcast topic. So well, well done there. <laughs> well, uh, Joe, thanks for, thanks for joining me and talking about this stuff. I think it's, I think it's really helpful. And I think it's um, really valuable to have a discussion about this. And I think like you said, you know, practicing and thinking about this so that you know, before you uh, kind of go into those types of conversations. So thanks Joe. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, Joe. Well, that was my conversation with Joe and I have two takeaways for you all. The first is recognizing where your one is at by asking good questions. I love Joe's go-to question of, if you could ask Jesus one question, what would you ask him? The second takeaway is to be willing to invite your one to make a decision with you and do that in a clear way and don't just let them meander through that decision. Now we'll have some more resources on all your one stuff in the description of the podcast episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ridge Podcast and make sure to subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations.